Hello and welcome to MCU on Repeat. My name is Blaine and always I have my good friend Ty with me. And today we're going to be looking at X-Men First Class. And Frankenstein's uh, monster. Frankenstein's monster. God, what a what a uh, theme for, the, for Magneto in this movie. What a banger. I listened to it before we started recording right? to get my blood going. I'm just like, <laughs> ah, this feels like Tarantino and James Bond. It's great. This movie is directed by Matthew Vaughn. Uh, these movies have have many producers on them, varying various different producers, but a main staple is Simon King- Kinberg. He has been like a part of every Fox X-Men movie. And Brian Singer produced this one. What a piece of Gross. shit. Gross. Gross. He's like another Joss Whedon type, if you didn't know. Oh, he's damn close. Yeah. Uh, Henry Jackman composed the score for this prequel oh. reboot type of movie. If you don't know, he did um, Captain America movies. He did uh, that Civil War theme that everybody loves. The da 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 da. That's he also did. He Falcon did and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I actually have it. I have that in my notes here. He did uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> Big Hero Six, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite Disney movies, and uh, Winter Soldier. That's a great movie. Yeah, Big the Hero score Six. to those, right? Um, this movie only had a budget of one hundred and sixty million dollars, and it made three hundred and fifty three point six million, which is warranting of a sequel. Uh, and the Rotten Tomato score for this is eighty three percent, with a audience score of eighty seven. That doesn't seem right. I thought it was 86. Hold on. I'm going to, I had this written down, but I'm making sure. Yeah. 86% Rotten Tomato score, 87% audience score. I knew it was only a 1% difference. IMDb of 7.7 and a Metacritic of 65. So. Not bad. Not bad. Like, I feel like Metacritic, like comic book movies generally just float around 65, 66 if they're decent. Like the Spider-Man movies floated around there. So. Yeah. No, it really uh, comes down to the Twitter cult it has. This one doesn't have yeah, one. For real. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, I, I like this movie. Personally, I like this movie. I think it's probably the most comic booky X-Men movie we ha- we've we gotten. And that's not even saying much because they don't even do anything. Like, I mean, and, it, feel, and it, I, it feels like a comic book, but it's not an X-Men like comic book. You know what I mean? Right. Well, it just... In the of the mainline X Men movies, not including the Deadpool ones, yeah, this is the most comic book X Men movie, and literally all they had to do was step over a bar, and it was already there. So yeah, I mean, um, when we talk about the trilogy, one of the like uh, once I get into like because I have a little segment today where I'm talking about somewhat of the origins of the X Men, but. When I talk about that, um, the X Men represent something very, very different in the comic books than it does mm-hmm. um, on film. For those who are listening and don't read comics, um, and you might be surprised. Who knows? Maybe you've watched like a million videos and you know by now and haven't read a single comic. But like, this is the most comic book feely of the X Men movies. The original trilogy was more like, here's my machismo and here's the Wolverine, and that's like basically how they marketed and sold their movies was based around the Wolverine. And that kind of misses the entire point of all these comics, but you know, we'll get into that. 
Also, Jane Goldman, the writer, had three weeks to write the script. Fun fact. Yeah, it was a very, very short turnaround. Yeah, because um, as you mentioned before we started, Matthew Vaughn was going to do X3, and then he decided not to because of time restraints. Um, yeah, he said he, he couldn't get the movie done in the amount of time that they gave him, but then made this one in <laughs> less time. Yeah, because so. he thought it sounded so cool with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. Um now I said I like this movie. How did you say you like this movie? Do you like this movie? I don't mind this movie. Um like like uh if, for those who don't know, this movie was uh basically a scrapped Magneto Origins movie and they had a bunch of those on lineup. Um but the only one that really got released was Wolverine because they thought we they could make money off of it. And mm-hmm. I mean, they did and Magneto probably wouldn't have sold as well considering how that movie went. So they kind of turned it into first class. And this movie, like, I I love McAvoy and Fassbender, but I really, really forgot how much of Fassbender's movie this is. Like, the mm-hmm. dude fucking rocks. I love um, James McAvoy because he brings the, like, not-so-subtle subtlety of, like, Charles Xavier and Michael Fassbender. Every single scene he's in is just oozing of James Bond's sex like a pill and his attire was meant to basically replicate that. Um, and also the fact that there's a little bit of a Tarantino in here, you know, there's some inglorious bastards and the way this film is shot was inspired by, you know, 1960, uh, drama and, um, crime films like, uh, the whole, uh, um, uh, montage where they're training that whole montage mm-hmm. is inspired by another film. So, like this movie has that feel and uh I do like those two and I like Kevin Bacon because he's just Kevin Bacon. Right. But I but I don't like any of the other X-Men. I do have a problem that they kill the unkillable black man and Darwin. Uh, yeah, they just That's a, that's in my notes too. It's just it's like look how unkillable I am and then they kill him. And yep. um I'm not a fan of all the other characters. Uh Hank not being the beast is pretty much comic accurate for when the first original X-Men comic came mm-hmm. out. He just had big hands and feet. I don't like Jennifer Lawrence's mystique. This is going to be a continuing thing as we continue along in these movies. I like her character, but I don't like who's acting her character. Um, she's notorious for hating the role, which is completely fine. If somebody hates the role, I don't give a shit. But sh- her acting is so, like, in my opinion, terrible, and it's stiff, and it's wooden, and See her- that's the thing. In this movie, I thought she, I think this is this one and most of the bits in, in Days of Future Past is the ones where she actually tried, and then after this, she kind of just phoned it in. See, and I feel like Days of Future Past, she tries a little bit harder here. Like, I don't feel like she's trying hard. Like, after they attack the complex, you know, they're like, "Go home," and she's like, "Go home where we don't even have a body to bury." And my wife. Who's who is my casual audience meter looked over me and said that line delivery was really bad. And I'm like, yeah, Uh, (laughs) she was like, what the fuck was she doing there? I was like, she was was just reading her line. I don't I don't like her at all in this movie. And I don't like her in these four movies because um, her character is pretty much the uh, uh, love square of Hank, Charles and Magneto. She's all vying for like love from each of them and it just goes in this big giant square and she's not very compelling. I also don't like the makeup design for this movie because she has the hairline of a football field. Um, 
And, you know, when I joke with my wife sometimes, because she has a big forehead, I call her five head. And, my, uh, you know, it, it, she pokes fun at me and calls me fatty. So it's okay. It's not an abusive relationship, I promise. We're friends. Uh, best <laughs> friends. And uh, she looked at me and said, how can you call me five head when that exists? And I'm like, you have a point. I guess I'll stop calling you that. So, <laughs> so I don't, I don't like her in this movie. I also think that like swerving in the um, Cuban Missile Crisis is actually really well done and really thought out. And the yeah, editing I really like of this, the editing of this movie is spot on, and the mm-hmm. music is spot on. But then again, like I, I feel like this is misrepresentative of the X Men, and because it has X Men on there, and I only like Xavier and Magneto. It's kind of like a big letdown. So, but before I like we get more into depth, I want to read everybody on our Twitter pages their thoughts and opinions on right, yeah, yeah. first class. So we did host the poll. Fifteen of you voted. Twenty-seven percent of you gave it a nine out of ten. Fifty-three percent gave it a seven out of eight. Thirteen of you gave it a five or a six, and seven percent of you gave it a one or a four. Which you know. <laughs> You got to have one in there. So Penny Bloom podcast said an incredible revamp of the film franchise. McAvoy and Fassbender had big shoes to fill and they filled them well. Rose Byrne is one of the most underrated characters in all Marvel with Moira McTaggart. Moira. God, I hate that name. And it has Kevin Bacon plus Magneto killing Nazis. Who doesn't love that? Um, Jeremy Camp says it sits somewhere in the mid tier for me. I preferred the original cast, and the next movie is my favorite X-Men movie of all time. That Guy Garrick said, top-tier X-Men movie with superb casting and a great setting, one of my favorite comic book movies. Let me head over to the quote tweets. These are spread out. Bright Suns podcast says, I love it. It was a fresh take on the mutants, fun, and the casting was great. James McAvoy as much as Professor X to me as Patrick Stewart, and the same with Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender with Magneto. And then, being supportive as always, my wife said, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender give a fantastic performance. They literally make the movie. Definitely one of my favorite X-Men movies. So there you have it. Yeah, see, I I agree with like 90% of those. I think they're, I think this is a, a good movie. It's not my favorite yeah. X-Men movie. I don't even know what my favorite X-Men movie is. Because I haven't seen most of these since... Uh, I haven't seen a lot of these since... Probably Deadpool two came out in theaters. <laughs> I I don't man I don't know. I think in the end, my favorite X Men movie is gonna wind up being Logan because of how like grounded it is for that character. Plus the um, right. the fourth wall breaking with the actual X Men um, challenging other comic book movies and other X Men movies to do better. I think that's gonna wind up being that because I don't like I've said I don't feel like this is very. Uh, representative of what the X-Men are. This is very much like uh, Machismo 2. And also, like, they kind of tease that Charles and uh, uh, Magneto, like, have something going on, possibly. Like, this deeper connection, you know? Gay, maybe not gay. Who knows? But if they were gay, that would have been more akin to the X-Men we know in the comics. But they never really explicitly say. There's that sweet scene, though. I, I don't know. You know, I didn't. I never thought of it that way. I just, I just thought they were really good friends. You know, they hey, show I, their affection towards each other as as 
because they're supposed to be friends, you know, they're teammates, they're friends, they're everything like that. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, but I don't know. Hey, you know, if it's not the case, it's not the case. But, you know, my my problem with the majority of these films is they're led by white dudes who, you know, who are straight and um, everybody else gets, you know, kind of thrown to the curb. And that's kind of uh, the antithesis of what the X-Men are, which is, you know, baffling. So I don't know. You know, I'm not one of those guys. I don't know. I, I personally, I don't know. I wasn't there in the writing room. Wasn't there in the, the set. Wasn't there to tell them how to act. So I, I don't know. Oh, me neither. I'm just, I'm just saying that it's, it, I'm not one to like be like, oh, it's not comic accurate because I'm always open to interpretations. But you, like, it's so hard to have X Men. Anyway, how about I just get into the like backstory of the X Men so I can just dive into this <laughs> because otherwise you're be I'm taking the gonna... lead on this one. I'm not gonna lie. So, okay, are you ready? Pretend oh, yeah, that this is this is a professional podcast segment. Folks, I can't I'm, wait to edit this one. <laughs> I'm flipping through comic pages, right? You hear the flipping. I don't. I'm not gonna flip a comic because I'm not that professional. Welcome to Not So Secret Origins, the Not So Secret Origins, because you can Google it, folks. That's right, you can Google it. <laughs> um, I pitched this to my wife. She said it was atrocious, so you're welcome. Um, <laughs> So before we even get to the X-Men, you got to understand something. So from 1938 to 1950 was considered the golden age of comic books. There's a golden age, there's a silver age, there's the bronze age. And what these ages are is just indicative of the time the comic books reflect. So during the golden age, of course, you had like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Captain America, Human Torch. They were all very indicative of like... Um, uh, I keep wanting to say patriotism, but then the first word that came to mind was imperialism. Uh, of, of the patriotic American way, what we thought the American way was. Not necessarily what was uh, represented in the real world, but what we thought of ourselves. So you had Superman um, pretending or being this alien, uh, doing all these good deeds, and he wore red, white, and, or red and blue, which was very indicative of how we thought the Americans were. And then we had Captain America, who literally has a star on his, on his chest, and he did good deeds, punching Nazis in the face. And that's how we kind of thought of ourselves. But towards the, the uh, end of the 1940s, people began to lose interest in superheroes in general, and they began associating more with genres like romance, thrillers, and horrors. And... Around that time in 1954 is when Frederick Wortham, who is a psychologist, came out with a study called The Seduction of the Innocent. And it said that if your kid reads comics, he will become a rapist and a murderer and still things. <laughs> I'm not bullshitting you people. And so uh, mothers and parents began to organize and burn their kids' comics. And the creation of the Comic Code Authority was uh, created. Now... The Comic Code Authority. I wanted to read a couple of rules off the cbldf.org page just to give you an example. Like, this is rule number one under Part A. Crime shall never be presented in a way as to create sympathy for the criminal, to promote distrust of forces of law and justice, or to inspire others with a desire to imitate criminals. Or two, no comic shall explicitly present unique details and methods of crimes. It was basically censoring um, artists and writers and uh, kids from 
using their imagination. It was very almost authori- authoritarian in their design. And okay. um, one of the best-known comics, it's not a Marvel comic, that really defied it after the Comic Code Authority kind of like withered down was, of course, The Dark Knight Returns. And Frank Miller um, revolutionized DC with that, revolutionized the comic book world. But around this time, during uh, 1960 to 1975, that's when the Silver Age kind of came into play. And mm-hmm. Q Marvel, Q Stan Lee, Q Jack Kirby, the New Age for Marvel, which, you know, they introduced a various uh, amount of superheroes, the Fantastic Four, Thor, Hulk, Wasp, Black Panther, and two mega teams, the Avengers and X-Men. You know these guys. They created everybody. And Jack Kirby um, and Stan Lee basically organized these heroes to be representative of the time they were in during 1960 to 1975. And X-Men was the biggest one. And X-Men represented almost this anti-establishment uh, kind of movement. And during the 1960-1975, there were protests, there were riots over gay rights, women's rights, rights for people of color, etc. And these X-Men were representative of the people that didn't represent them in real life or anywhere else. So... You know, if you've watched the X-Men animated series, the very first individual uh, you're introduced to is a woman with bright colored clothing that isn't established. It's it's an anti-establishment theme going on here. So um, a lot of people who are gay, people of color, um, trans, they started reflecting themselves on these X-Men characters and the X-Men became that for minorities just in the United States and around the world, and that's kind of how things got started with them. And then also, during the time, you had uh, Martin Luther King Jr. We all know who that is. I have a dream. Who was very, uh, promoting nonviolence against the whites. He wanted to be viewed as one people with the whites. And then you had Malcolm X, who agreed that blacks should be segregated and have their own um, country where they could establish their own rules and he agreed to a certain extents violence against whites. And what Jack Kirby and Stan Lee did, because they knew this so well, they kind of put Martin Luther King's values in Charles Xavier and put Malcolm X's values in Magneto. So that's kind of like how the X-Men started and kind of like the background on the history of it. Because I feel like the history behind it is more important than the X-Men in general. And that's like the biggest way to understand the stuff. So... There we go. All right. (laughs) It's some good shit. I like it. I really thoroughly enjoyed looking that up. (laughs) Uh, I don't even know where to go from from there. I, I, uh, um, oh, and the comics that really inspired this movie, not really any, like I just stated, because Fox hates comics. So I and hates I thought the X-Men. there was a first class run of X-Men. There was. And there's also like an Origins of Magneto. And he wanted to make the suits as comic accurate as possible. But again, watching the movie, it's not really indicative of like any of the. the right. It's kind of just like in name in general. Yeah. It's kind of like if um, what's. People accuse like Spider-Man in the MCU of being. They're like, "That's not Spider-Man. That's Iron Man Jr." And it's like, "Well, right." It's kind of like that. So, 
That's the closest metaphor I could get to it. But if you want, we can just head into our notes after the that bummer of a not-so-secret religion. <laughs> Sorry, folks. <laughs> I'm all no, thumbs just, today. I'm all thumbs today. Um, <laughs> I don't I'm even know where to start. Do you, where do you want to start, man? I'm drinking a delish strawberry kiss from Bang. Um, we can start this off by... Um, I uh, just want to say, whenever I refer to Sebastian Shaw, played by Kevin Bacon, I will always refer to him as just Kevin Bacon, because while writing my notes, I completely forgot his name was Sebastian Shaw. So, I have a question. So, and, um, what is it? Is it, uh, I don't know if it's Guardians 2 or if it's Infinity War, where Star-Lord thinks Kevin Bacon is, like, his, like, pretends that Kevin Bacon's his father, right? Right? Uh, that's... No, he just says Footloose is the greatest movie in all of all time, starring Kevin Bacon. Yeah, so and that's an Infinity War. So, but because Peter goes, it never was, man. Yeah. So like, if 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 Charles is being put in the multiverse, and this is part of a multiverse, then Kevin Bacon is playing Sebastian Shaw, but it's Kevin Bacon. So is Kevin Bacon an actor, or is he Sebastian Shaw? Hmm. Well, if you think about it, they reference Hot Tub Time Machine in Endgame, and that has Sebastian Stan, who plays the Winter Soldier. I'm just saying. Um, so to start this off, my first question was, uh, why didn't Eric kill Shaw? Uh, and then I, I thought about it a little bit more, and I guess it made more sense. It was like his uh, uh, his all of his power magnified, and he still just couldn't move a coin. It's his failure to do the little thing to save mm-hmm. somebody's life when like the, the, the magnitude of his power can do so many harmful things. So, and we see that throughout the X-Men film. If he could have just did this one thing, he could have saved a life, but no, he wants to destroy the world and X-Men apocalypse. Just kidding. He has a farm in dark Phoenix. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like that for me, but that was my first question. I'm like, why didn't you just fucking kill Shaw? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm i trying to think of what part you're talking about. <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. So the movie opens the same way Brian Singer shot it in X-Men 1, which is uh, Magneto pulling yeah, down re- the gates. They, yeah, they definitely recreated that. Yeah, and uh, you find out that a man named Sebastian Shaw was watching him uh, this entire time. And he goes into his office, and he's like, Un Dunseldorf, I'm speaking German, yeah. And he puts the coin, the coin, uh, in front of him. He's well, like, he. Well, the thing is, is though, Eric was just getting his powers developed. Like his powers were just developing his mutation. So like, he didn't know how to control it. And he, I don't. I'm pretty sure at that moment he wasn't probably wearing anything metal because if you watch it. He was definitely crushing the helmets of yeah. those guys, those soldiers, but Kevin Bacon wasn't wearing a helmet, so I don't think he was wearing anything metal enough where it could have killed him, and I don't think he thought enough about grabbing the coin and doing what he does later in the movie. I don't know, man. Because, I mean, they just shot his mom. 
I know the the X Men abilities uh, start developing in their teens, and the way they kind of uh, their abilities. Yeah, because it's like a puberty thing. Yeah, and they they come out at, in great times of stress, and I just find it weird that like he's more stressed after his mother dies than like just before. Like he could have took the coin and killed them, or he could have threw a helmet at his head. He could have done a great number of things. But uh, I did say out loud, "Why didn't he just kill Shaw?" And my wife said, and I quote. Um, it's not good for the plot. I yeah, I would have said the same thing because the plot required it. Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a fair <laughs> point. So that's in my note. That's my first note. She really likes this movie, by the way. Like, she'll watch this movie. Yeah, with no, me. <laughs> I, 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 I like this movie. I think all the actors in this movie are great. I even like Jennifer Lawrence. I have a note here that says Jennifer Lawrence actually performs in this movie. So. Ooh, I mean, that um, says something. Ooh, um, what do you think about Raven's first introductory scene with Charles uh, finding his mom in the kitchen? And then him being like, you can have whatever food you want in here. How do you, what do you like about that? Do you like that scene? I don't know. I think it's fine. I mean, they obviously, there was obviously no real connection in the original trilogy of X-Men movies that were like, Raven and Charles know each other, blah, 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 blah. So they're like trying to... Matthew Vaughn definitely took some liberties with it because I thi- I have a theory, and I don't know how true it is, but I think this movie was originally supposed to be a reboot, like a complete reboot, not just like a soft prequel reboot. I'm talking like a hard, hard reboot of the X-Men movies after Origins flopped. See, I think so and- too, and then... They wanted to reconcile the original trilogy. And I think they made him, they made the script writers and they made Matthew Vaughn make it a soft reboot where, hey, you can do this, but we still want you to connect it to the timeline that we don't even know how to control ourselves. Yeah. Because if you watch any X Men movie, you don't really need to have have watched the last one. It's not like the there's a concrete timeline. It's not like in the MCU where Iron Man 2, Thor, and the Incredible Hulk are all happening in the same week and they reference each other more than likely. But it's... it's If you vaguely remember the thing that happened in the last movie, you're fine to go into the next one. Yeah. I can, I can honestly say that the first time I watched this, it's not like I went, oh, this is a prequel to the X-Men trilogy. Like, mm-hmm. no, I wasn't thinking that at all, because when I started watching it, I was like, well, they're clearly taking liberty, so this is a reboot. And then I watched Days of Future Past, and it started. I was like, wait, hold the fucking phone. What the That's fuck is the going thing. on here? They originally hired Matthew Vaughn to do the trilo- this this new trilogy yeah. like of X-Men movies, and he didn't want Days of Future Past to be the second one. He wanted that to be the last one of the trilogy. It was supposed to be Apocalypse in the second one. Oh, that man. that way, when they do Days of Future Past, it can reset everything, and then they can do whatever they want afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm trying to. It was supposed to be Apocalypse in the mm. second one. I don't know if I. I don't know if I like that, but. Mm. I think it would have been better with Matthew Vaughn directing. Yeah, I probably would, because you know Brian Singer wouldn't be in and out of it. I just, I just don't know how I feel about like apocalypse coming in because I don't really care about any of the X-Men. So it's like 
apocalypse come in some of them have to die okay they die i don't care um you know i just i feel like the stakes have to be higher you know what i mean right like i i don't feel like any of the x-men are established and they don't get established throughout these films like the only two that are really established are xavier um magneto and hank when he evolves like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I don't, I don't know how that would work. They would have to like, he would have to throw a massive curveball in the second one to make me actually care about it. Right. But that the bar is low because I don't, I don't care about apocalypse and apocalypse. You know what I mean? So yeah, probably would have been better. I just, well, we don't know. Uh-huh. I just find it funny because that's the first introduction to Raven, and I immediately yeah. was like, I don't, uh, little kids in makeup, man, like does not look good um and even when jennifer lawrence is doing it i still don't think it looks good um well they were definitely trying to mimic what she looked like in the first three x-men movies because that was a design specifically for the movie yeah like she doesn't look like that in the comics at all yeah so uh, I, I don't know. You know, I never really thought twice about it. I just was like, oh, okay, sure, why not? Never thought. <laughs> I, th- th- in these movies, <laughs> I really don't think a lot. I just kind of watch them, and if I like them at the end, I like them at the end. I, I don't like most of the X-Men movies, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, same here. I mainly like Deadpool. I like Logan. I like this one and Days of Future Past, and I like bits and pieces of the other ones. But overall... I I don't really or don't really care. Yeah. No, I get it. Like after Days of Future Past, I was like, "Oh, are they going to make a like an X4 film with the original timeline and continue off of that?" And then we got what we got, and I'm like, "Oh. Well, I don't really yeah. care." Like Days of Future Past right. was a banger, but what came after uh, is just like Days of Future Past should have been the end. Oh yeah, definitely. It felt like the end. Like I remember when Logan wakes up and he sees uh, Gene, and I was like, oh, my God. The yeah, fuck? I know. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, this I, – so this movie overall, I, I like I like how kind of 60s camp it goes. Like, this movie looks like it takes place in the 60s. It's not like your modern age movie. Like, this is supposed to take place in the 80s, but we're going to use, like – really crappy modern looking technology to represent the eighties, you know? Yeah. Like it's not like super high def. It's not like you can see like a bit of the grain that they use to, to filter, to grade the movie. I, mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I like the transitions that look comic booky. It gives me a nice, they do what Ang Lee Hulks tried to do, you know, like yeah. they did like the comic book kind of panels. Um, but I like them more in this movie. Um, this movie has the best Hugh Jackman cameo ever. Yeah, go fuck yourself. It's great. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> that they completely misquote in the next movie. Uh, <laughs> X-Men, where continuity goes to dies. This is also true in the comics. <laughs> I sa- I have a note here that says, the amount of times that Storm has appeared in X-Men films is astounding, that she does absolutely nothing. Oh, my God. Because they do, like, when they use Cerebro for the first time, there's a girl who's supposed to be Storm. Mm -hmm. She's there. There's a deleted scene in Origins where she's in Africa, when they're in Africa. There's obviously the first three movies where she's actually doing stuff. 
Uh, and then there's, uh, you know, Days of Future Past, and you got well, Apocalypse and, and Dark Phoenix, right? Where but she like, does nothing. Of, where she, <laughs> again, she does nothing. She just crap. watches. <laughs> ah! Sorry, first <laughs> class. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I, I, overall, again, I like this movie. I like, I like how they do like their team bonding thing. When they're in that that room, when they're just hanging out at the CIA. Kind oh of yeah, facility. all that's great. I, I like I like how they're like showing their powers off. Um, shout out to Zoe Kravitz for being both in a Marvel and DC movie, oh, oh, one God. of the many many actors in Hollywood. Yeah, she was. She I think this was one of her first gifts. She gigs. She was incredibly stiff in this. I was like ah, you know. But she's a side character, so. I, know, I thought she was fine. Um, I don't think the name Angel fits. No, but. I don't know. <laughs> I, I uh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. Um, I like Emma Frost being actually Emma Frost in this movie. Uh, the the effect that they use to filter her voice through when she's in her diamond form is the nice little touch that I know that the Brian Singer directed X Men movies wouldn't have done. I feel like Emma uh, was uh, incredibly underutilized in this movie. I don't oh, know. Oh, completely. Like completely. This, this is uh when we say this takes place in the 1960s, it's very very representative of how men were in the 1960s, like anywhere from Sebastian Shaw to very misogynistic, Rus- very yeah, yeah, to uh the Russian general to uh how Charles is literally um talking to women and mansplaining uh yes, biology in order to get in their pants. Um, yep. which I have a note saying Charles got game and Raven ruins it. <laughs> so, I, you know, <laughs> hey, I have man. a note here. This, I have a note here that says Magneto's the biggest cock block in this movie, but then I completely forgot about Raven doing it. Oh my God, dude. It pissed me off. I was like, are you kidding me? You're supposed to be my friend. I consider you my sister. And then the next scene, she's like trying to cuddle up to him while he's doing his thesis. I'm like, get off my boy, Raven. I don't know. She's just she's yeah. just trying to find love in all the wrong places. She's just trying to make right. out with random guys and try to feel normal. Any, anyone that'll give her the attention, she tries to go for. Um, <sighs> which is sad because Nicholas Holt's beast in this movie tries to give her the attention and she flirts with him back, which is kind of nice. But like, he's a he's a bumbling nerd. He doesn't. You know, he plays that 60s type nerd where he's just like, uh, I, I, uh, yeah. I can't talk to women because I'm having a hard time. I'm a I'm big into science. He's like yeah. uh, Mr. Fantastic in the first Fantastic Four movie where he's just like, oh, Jessica Alba, you uh, hey, date, but I really <laughs> love science, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> It's Jessica Alba. I'd be like, what? <laughs> it's Jessica Alba. I mean, like, oh, but no, like, like I also – like when it comes to their relationship, I need to stop saying like because the last episode I recorded, I about said it five hundred times, and it's unconscious thing. Um, like during Dark Phoenix when Mystique dies. Spoiler: I spoiled the film for you. If you haven't seen it, it's okay. Now you can go in with an open. Let's mind. be real: if they haven't seen it, they weren't gonna watch it in the first place. Yeah, it's it's not good. But when uh, Mystique dies, a Raven, sorry, Raven dies. Um, she says, "I love you to Hank," but she's looking at Charles. Or that's just the way it's shot, and I'm weird. Um, so that's kind of the epitome of their relationship. Like I feel like she's getting tossed around, and they're each she like. She says, "I love you." Yeah, she says, "I love you," and she's looking at, uh, like she tries. In Dark to say, Phoenix. 
Yeah, she tries to say it and she dies. I don't remember that at all. And she's like looking at Charles and Hank's like, she was going to say she loved me. And I'm like, dude, she totally wasn't looking at you or maybe she was. It didn't feel that way. I I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Dude, I and then I'll at the, talk about and then at the end I'll of the movie, he's got a, a stock picture of Raven on his desk. So that's kind of where their relationship goes. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about this movie, damn it! I'm trying not to shit on other movies. Ah, I know. I just don't like her character. Good I have a note here that, and I have a quote from the movie with it. It says, "At least I can take this silly thing off." It's a big, hearty, continuing fuck you to the comic books in which the Fox franchise <laughs> continually hates on comic books. <laughs> Leather. <laughs> oh, fuck me. It's like, um, uh, what is it? Like, uh, they were, uh, the guy who played Scott in the original X-Men movies were talking about how their suits were so uncomfortable that they were falling over because they couldn't walk or anything. Yeah, James Martin, yeah. Yeah, so, like, when you see them do action, they're literally just standing there. Because they uh-huh. can't really do anything. And I feel like this is like the first comic book suit that we've actually gotten. Yeah. Well, it's when th- the line that I quoted when he says, at least I can take this silly thing off, is when uh, Kevin Bacon, I'm going to continue to call him Kevin Bacon because that's what he is. Kevin uh, Bacon. He takes off that the helmet. He he says he had a helmet specifically made so telepaths can't get into his mind and, and whatnot. Um well, he goes, News, I can take this silly thing this silly thing off. And I wrote and I wrote the the hearty continuing fuck you to comic books, which is ironic because this is arguably the most comic booky looking mainline X Men movie. Yeah. Which I find hilarious. Because this is the movie where they wear the yellow spandex mm-hmm. outfits that they made it, fun of in the first X Men movie. It's crazy to me because he gets like the helmet in the end that is like the House of M and I'm like, oh, that is fucking sex. It's that's Magneto's just, that's just fucking his helmet. Uniform. Yeah, and it's fucking sex. But I think it's funny. Another like male message from the 1960s. It's like he created this helmet just so Emma Frost could stay out of his head because he doesn't trust her. And it's like, oh my god. But it's a uh, yeah. It's funny. It's like um later in the movie, he's like, you look beautiful, and this needs ice. Go fetch. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I do have a note. Mora McTaggart. What a name. Um, <coughs> also, um, her stripping down to her skimpies for the male gaze. Mm, so 1960s. Yeah. If if you did not know, uh, Vaughn uh, directed the Kingsman movies. And, you know, what is it? Like the recent Kingsman, they're introducing Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin. I think so. I think that's in the post credit uh, scene. They just no. They just did the Kingsman, and that was with uh, Rasputin. Isn't the post credit scene Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin? Though? I didn't. I didn't watch it yet. I don't know. I just oh, like the first two. I'm sorry. Dang. I was just saw it on Twitter, <laughs> and I'm like over here I'm spoiling shit. I'm busy. <laughs> I'm too busy watching Marvel movies. I'm sorry. You gotta watch these fucking <laughs> movies. Um. So, uh, Michael Fassbender, not only is he a sex god, he's also an acting god. The whole bank scene. I really, people, like, listen, I get it. People are Raimi fans. I got to take the opportunity to poo-poo on Raimi again. But he does a lot of, hold on. He does does a lot of (laughs) close-up on the eyes. It's very personal. But he's not the only one who does it. Mr. Vaughn here, um, when uh, Magneto's pulling out the fillings of the the bank uh, banker's teeth, holy shit, holy that, shit! That I really like that part. That's so good. I yeah, have a note is. here that just says 
I have a note here that says the CG in this movie is probably top tier CG in any X-Men movie. Oh man. I, I'll have some notes where I disagree. Like there, there are some shots like beast. Oh my God. Beast looks like, Oh, he looks like boo boo dude. Uh, oh, I no. have no, I have, a, I have another note that says I very much prefer this look of beast to the other versions, but Kelsey Grammer will always be my stars and garters beast. Oh no. I like, uh, how he looks in the following movies because I don't um, like that look in those. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't like this one. Cause this, this, this movie filmed and, Ten months after that, it was supposed to release, and with Beast, I feel like you can feel it. I just don't like it. Anyway, getting back to the bank scene, uh, there's like as uh, Eric is talking, you can see his reflection in the gold bar that's right in front of mm-hmm. him. Just great cinematography, and also I love that um, uh, he's he pulls out his filling. He's like not gold, and he starts walking out, and he's basically like, "If you tell anyone about this, I will find you." It's just very Bond. Uh, Bond like yeah. love the shit out of it and then when he's in uh, Argentina I believe um, I think it's Argentina there's still actually a German population there from when they fled from uh, the Nazi regime um, from World War 2 so that's a fun fact but that whole bar scene uh, and I really wanted to learn like the German to where he says uh, he said by uh, pig farmers and Taylor's like the way he says it is with such charisma. It like gives me a mm-hmm. chill and I really wanted to learn um, the German there. So I could say it, say it on microphone because it's so fucking good. And then all he has to do is show him his like his uh, number from world war two. It's just inglorious yeah, bastards, dude. And it's so yeah. fucking good. And Frankenstein's monsters playing in the background. Oh, yeah. I'm Frankenstein's monster. It's just oh, fuck fastbenders I- in this movie. I'm trying to find my creator. Oh, so good. I my my last note on Michael Fassbender in this in mine is the way he acts is just so good and I admire the fact that he embodies the character of Magneto that was portrayed by Ian McKellen in the other movies. But my note here is is and I I can't believe I'm sympathizing with the antagonist the minor antagonist who becomes the antagonist i admire the fact that magneto doesn't want mutants to have to hide who they are it's just be be you like you shouldn't have to hide which is what the x-men was supposed to represent in the comics like the mutations were to represent like uh, you know other other things that people were ashamed of and you know like it's it's hard to be different Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not a professional when it comes to this. I don't claim to be. I don't I don't claim anything out of this. I'm not professionally qualified to to speak on any type of subject of this matter. But Magneto's just like be you. Don't you shouldn't you shouldn't have to hide who you are because that fake persona that that that's not what you're meant to be in life. You you have to. Be true to who you are, and I and I admire that. I admire that. Yeah. Why Why should we have to like hide ourselves if we're if we're the like I want to use like an illusionary metaphor for example. Like if if we're the next step of human evolution, why would we hide in in the Garden of Eden? Wouldn't we want to step out into the light with nature? You know, like we are here just like humans are. There's no reason it and and that part of it is 
is still very much to the comics and the trilogy, you know, continues on with the path that, uh, you know, Charles believes that we can work alongside humans, even if humans want to um, mm-hmm. commit mass genocide on mutants. And Magneto still feels like, hey, fuck these guys. You know, we see that by the end of the movie. He's like, listen, as soon as we're done with this, they're going to turn their backs on us. And they do. So he does have a point. Like, th- you know, him being an asshole isn't just him being an asshole. Like, you know, I said earlier, this is very much MLK and, you know, mm-hmm. Malcolm X. It's They both have a point. It's just how they do things that are different. Right. Like, do you raise these children in the, uh, you know, Charles uh, Xavier School for the Gifted and teach these kids? Or are you indoctrinating these kids? Or are you um, covering their eyes with pretenses? It's like, which ones are you doing? So I feel like these films pr- keep pretty consistent with that. It's very good. Um, did you have something else? I had a note. Uh, not on that topic. No. Um, I, every time that, um, um, mystique or Raven and Hank, like get cute with each other. Hank will be like, uh-huh, I'm a bumbling idiot. And what we'll mm-hmm. get is a shot at Raven's face, but it's not just a shot. It's like a zoom in shot to really be mm-hmm. like, Hey, she likes him. I hate those shots. I hate those shots. Um, and they only happen with those two. And th- I get it. They're trying to be more intimate with the audience by sh- telling us that they like each other, but it's really, really mm-hmm. bad when you just get a zoom up shot and it's Jennifer Lawrence just like, I'm smiling, you know, it's <laughs> kind of like uh, the butterflies after they take a new body over in Peacemaker and they're trying to smile. Oh, just, I like, uh-uh. I like Jennifer Lawrence as an actress though. I think she's a good actress. It's oh just, yeah, she, she is. I, I like her I in agree. this movie. Like I, I can't say I don't. I like her in this movie. I think she's good. Uh, Days of Future's Past, she's still good. It's not until the, the last two that she really just, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I get it. You know, I wouldn't want to sit in a makeup chair for 10 hours for a 20-minute shoot either, you know? Yeah. See, and I like her in Days of Future Past, too. Like, a lot of complaints I have with her in this movie are rectified in the next movie. I just don't like her in this movie or her paint or her acting the next movie fixes all that so um i'm okay with that uh Uh, the uh we already mentioned the recruiting scene that was really great Mm -hmm. the compound scene where they're trying to get where they think sebastian shaw is in there and magneto it's really cool to see magneto young and limber like you can yeah. see his raw potential, like him running towards guys and just wrapping them in barbed wire. Holy fuck! Yeah, you know? yeah. I and, it's it's cool to know that he's like in his thirties, mid 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 thirties ish in this movie, and then after that they just like he's so he's gonna be limber, and I and I really liked seeing him like do things. Not just like stand, move your arm kind of deal, uh, but you know it's it's fun to see like Magneto run. Well, the the way things. the way it's shot and edited is very kinetic. It's like, yeah, like first off the subject matter, he's not fucking around, but also the way like the seams framed is just like this dude. You can't stop this guy, like he's right. just running through it, and it's so fucking cool. Like, I and I really really like the Russian general like trying to have sex with a fake Emma Frost and they come in 
and Magneto puts uh, the bar around her neck to crack her shield, and you and you don't know if he's gonna murder her or what he's doing. And I like I just I like all of that. It's so fucking good. See, I know in in their reality, it's her doing like a projection of herself to him, and she's just sitting in the corner, you know, filing her nail, whatever she's doing when before they barge in. But I I cringe at that part every time. Yeah. I don't like it at all. <sighs> I just think it's so like cringe inducing and I don't like it. She said I mean she says it herself, pathetic. Yeah. You know, it's like but you know, it's the nineteen sixties. That's what they're kinda trying to portray. I don't like it either, but I, I enjoy the scene uh, from Eric's perspective. Because um, this dude could have just murdered her if he wanted to. And he decides not yeah. to. Um, Just give her also, a gentle tap. <laughs> and immediately after the fact, like, say, for example, Charles Xavier looks in my mind, right? He will see nothing but peanuts and uh, uh, air, right? I have nothing going on <laughs> in my mind right now. That's what he'll see. <laughs> he looks inside of Emma Frost's mind, and he sees an animatronic of nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> Shit cracked me up. I was like, wait, wait a second. Is she playing a movie in her head for him? And, you know, it just, I don't know. It just cracked me up. I had to look at my wife. I never like, noticed that. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Because, you know, I never noticed it either. And I looked at my wife. I was like, why is there an animatronic going on in her head? And she's like, maybe she's ADHD. And I was like, oh. I like the, yeah. I like the, like, the 60s stock footage they use kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I just, I never realized that until, like, But that I never moment. noticed the animatronic. <laughs> yeah, it's like you see, like, a... The whole world map, and you see like nukes being launched across the sea at each other, and it's like, <laughs> it's just funny. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a second, is she like, look at these nukes? You see these nukes? <laughs> I don't That's know. Right. It's just so weird. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen that portrayed like that. Uh, uh, it's silly. But I got a kick out of it. I could have just totally shit on it. <laughs> I completely but I forgot about that. Yeah, and then uh, um, I have a note that <laughs> follows after the fact. The Azazel scene is fucking dope. Like oh, Azazel's so good. Yeah, him just like picking people up and dropping them from the sky. Oh, I love that so much. I love that character in this movie, and I wish they didn't kill him off in the next one. Oh, I don't know. Days of Future Past. Oh, they do? Oh shit, I don't even remember. Yeah, that. they show like a pic- they show like pictures of like an autopsied body, like they were dissecting them. Oh. And he and and Eric mentions it to Raven in the movie. Damn, that's lame. Um, yeah, like most of the characters you see in First Class if they're not main characters you've seen in the Brian Singer movies because he directed the other ones. Uh and and Days of Future Past, uh, they're definitely not in it. The ones that carry over are like Alex Summers, Magneto, Beast. Yeah. Like your core ones that were in first class, like your the ones that I guess fans reacted to the most definitely made it, but I like Azazel. I don't I don't know anybody who doesn't like Azazel in this movie. He's better than Tornado Master or whatever the fuck that guy's. I don't is. know that is Twister. I don't fucking know. I don't fucking it's, know. It's like Discount Storm. That's like Wish Store Storm. It's like um fucking the Wizard of Oz, but Storm. Does all of his shit wind <laughs> up in Oz? What's going on here? <laughs> like, I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, the Azazel scene's pretty fucking dope. Uh, and then of course, um, like I like I mentioned earlier, um, Darwin. I yeah, I have a my note, and I quote says, "How in the name of all things holy did Darwin die?" <laughs> The guy who's supposed to adapt his environment gets killed. Like, I have to logically, like, do a mind fuck around this. Okay, like, he he adapts to his environment. Therefore, you know, following the laws of, of physics and thermodynamics, energy cannot be created or destroyed. So he's a fluent beast of energy. And then some energy is put inside of him. And then he he blows up and i'm like what like can't you just turn into lava or plasma or energy or whatever the fuck happened i don't know I no, just... but he turns to steel then to crumbling rock yep it's like so... well can't you put yourself back together now because you're rock you're sandman that's what you are you're sandman they should have <laughs> just did that oh uh, just... not a bad uh... man i've just had bad luck uh, he definitely had bad luck. Oh yeah, he did. Fucking, fucking moron. Why did he do any? <laughs> oh my. God. I don't know. Uh. uh also. Like, oh, go ahead. I like Banshee. I like Banshee the most. I think. Alex Summers and Banshee. Banshee, Banshee. Oh. Ah. Yeah. He's cool. He's cool. Uh, I like their their training compilation, which is my next note. I love. I love the training compilation. I really love. So good. Yeah, and I really also when <laughs> they they have a uh, summers down in the, the nuclear basement, and they Hank is putting the mannequins up. He gropes one of the mannequins' tits. I didn't like that. I cringed. I cringed yeah. at that. I thought that was dumb. I thought that was dumb. Yeah. It was pointless. And even for like, 2011, <laughs> I was like, did he just grab its tit? He sure did. What yes, he did. When he was fuck? putting that tape on. <laughs> Um, uh, I it's silly. I, uh, do, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah, it's it's bad. You know, even though Brian Singer didn't direct this movie, there's like stuff that I'm like, are you sure Brian Singer did not direct this movie? Because there's some stuff in here. Um, also, I really like Charles going inside Eric's mind and finding a memory and him moving the satellite. It's all Fassbender, and it's just fucking. Uh, that's beautiful it's one of the best acted scenes in any comic book movie it's just him and his emotions figuring through shit you know charles basically saying hey listen you have all the anger in the world to kill two nazis and destroy the entire room but do you have enough love in your heart to just move a coin you know yeah it's basically him saying that and it's just it's and, and you know charles basically says you know once you realize your powers i won't even be able to stop you and you see that right. in the end when they actually work together. They're literally unstoppable, um, which just sucks because it's the only time they really ever work together. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the tragedy of being a, a mutant, I guess. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, oh, oh, oh. Who, who says it? Somebody says, behooves me to tell you. Um, I don't know if Hank said that. I think Hank said that. He said, behooves me to tell you, fun fact, when I was in the military, uh, my uh, Matt, my gunnery sergeant used to say, it would behoove of you if you would do your classes online. Um, and I always laughed out loud and would get in trouble. And he'd be like, why were you laughing at me? And I was like, well, you can just say behooves you. 
instead of behooves of you. It's a little redundant. So anyway, it's just a little. <laughs> Who still says behooves? Um, I do as a facetious joke towards my wife. And I'll be like, it would behoove you. And then she would just look at me. Um, also, Raven trying to sleep with Magneto. Fuck off. <sighs> Fuck off. I said the uh, real Raven. And then it turns into the actress from the first three X-Men movies? Yeah. I was like, that that's a nice <laughs> that was, little... That was a neat little callback. I like that. Yeah, that was cool. But other, uh, overall, it's... Ah, the meme. Perfection. It's fucking good. The meme's good. The meme is I, great, but the scene is not. I like that he was like, you're too young for me. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> get out of my room. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. You I'm have in no my 30s in here, you. and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> Too much he... higher in your blood. All right, all right. To get <laughs> to get weird, do you think he can move things with his like junk, like 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 a wand? <laughs> no, get out of here. You're a wizard, wanna... Magneto. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> have to cut this part out too now. No, you're good. Um, I just thought that uh scene was lame. And then um Hank as Beast sucks big old donkey balls. Um, his CGI looks bad. They have to. They had to dub his voice post production to, to get the voice, and he's a like, lot of that is makeup though. Yeah, but a lot of it's CGI though. It's bad. I don't like it. Like every time he makes a reaction, it's CGI, and I, ugh, it's bad. I don't like it. I don't know. I think Beast looks fine in this movie. I like it. I like the. No, uh, but you want to know? You want to know what's dumb? You want to know what fucking pissed me off this entire movie? I could withstand everything in this movie. For the most part, except for the cringy bits, <laughs> up until the very end, when Professor Xavier kissed Moira McTaggart and they did the Superman kiss, and I hated it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate the concept. I hate the idea of it. It's dumb. And then she goes, "I remember the sands of a beach, the blah blah blah, <laughs> and a kiss." And everybody in the room's like, "Oh my god, fuck a doc!" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's how I feel. It's <laughs> dumb." Uh, Charles Xavier low key manipulating people's minds is his downfall. I really do well, like. Yeah. I really do like Dark by Dark Phoenix. Like he's kind of a piece of shit because, like, you could argue he's a piece of shit. Like Loki, like Magneto, we can be like, listen, we can sympathize you with you, but you're a piece of shit. And Charles Xavier is the exact same way. So I, I, I don't. I hate the kiss. And when I first watched this movie, and Magneto deflects the bullet into his spine, I was like, that is, that's how he became Professor Wheelchair. I fucking hate it. Now I don't, I don't I like, mind. It. That's I don't mind such it. a powerful scene though yeah, because I like it. Magneto's now. just like, I like it. Magneto is like, oh shit. Oh, you see what you did, you fucking normal person. You yeah. hurt my brother. He's a mutant. Blah blah blah. And he's like, no, Eric, you did this. You literally just deflected the bullet into my spine. You fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, I really like that scene now, um, especially when he starts giving a speech. But before that, we're jumping around. This is how it works. Um, the scene where. He shatters the glass inside the uh, the nuclear reactor thing, and Charles is a- able to freeze him. And he's like, the unfortunate fact is that I agree with everything you just said. But unfortunately for you, you killed my mother. And then like he just lets go of the coin, and he's like, I will count to three. And he pushes the coin inside, the Shaw, in- inside Shaw's head. And of course, Charles can feel him because he's holding on to his mind. And there's this cut. Every time the coin is pushed through his head, it cuts back to Charles. Same camera yeah. technique. 
Dude, that is one of the best fucking shots of any comic book I, movie ever, period. It's fucking great. In my notes, it's in all caps. I said, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's so good. Like, the, just the small, like, unfortunately, you killed my mother. It's like, oh, fuck, dude. Fassbender's so fucking good. And James McAvoy. Oh, so good. They're so good. It's such a good pairing. And then I, I fucking love when everybody launches the rockets at them and Magneto, you know, finally realizes his full power and he just stops all of them and turns them around and throws them back. I'm like, dude, right. this is fucking Magneto porn. Like, ah, give me like more intricate stories uh, in the sequels where somebody doesn't just die and then he becomes bad again because somebody died. Give me like something more. Oh, we're not getting that. Okay. Um, right. I guess I'll be happy with this. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, my last thought is, or my last note was Magneto putting the coin through. That was it. <laughs> That's my all last my notes. Note, my last note that I just thought of right now is this movie starts the trope of inserting comic book accurate costumes in the most beautiful way possible and then them not utilizing it in the next fucking movie. <sighs> Yeah, well, you can blame fucking Brian Singer for that because the motherfucker doesn't like X Men comics. I wonder why, Brian Singer. Why don't you like the representation no, no, in X Men Magneto. comics? Magneto's costume, granted, it's just a fucking red robe, but no, and that cloth looks sense. cheap. That cloth looks cheap, but that suit for the '60s is so good. You can call me. And then they Magneto. Do- then they have that deleted scene in the Wolverine, and then they have X Men oh Apocalypse God. at the end. We were so like, close. Come. We were so close. We were this close to greatness. This close. Like, oh my God, the like, the Wolverine why? one was just a big fucking missed opportunity, and then you know they pivoted, went to Logan, and I'm just like, ah, man, yeah. This this is the these are the best X Men outfits, like. Not even close. I just... And you know, it's crazy. But even with that being said, in the comics, all the X-Men have a very distinct look, and they're all very, very colorful. Like, even uh-huh. even though they are their own... Like, Logan... Wolverine and uh, Scott. Like, uh, Logan has uh, blue on top of yellow, and Scott has yellow on top of blue to kind of show mm-hmm. that, like, their ideals are exact opposite and every x-men has a different color scheme and things like that and it's supposed to be colorful and vibrant so every single x-men has a different personality and even though Mm -hmm. i love these uniforms that's not very well represented but it's more represented here than it ever will be until disney you know does what they do i'm sorry guys like disney's gonna fucking rock the shit out of this i'm sorry like i i would have i would have had very I have so much hesitancy. I would have had so much hesitancy. That's what I'm trying to say. Of of Marvel Studios and Disney making X-Men costumes look good until they made the Falcon Captain America suit at the end Ooh. of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Ooh, that shit's sexy. It's like that is the most one of the most outlandish things ever. And it translated so well. It's and so I'm like, as soon as I saw that, I said, they're going to make the X-Men suits look so good. Dude, it's so fucking sexy. Like, I ha- I have no doubt that, like, 
like the, their their stuff's going to be colorful and vibrant and they're going to have personality. And Disney right now is under uh, a shit ton of scrutiny because of, like the yeah, these, we're not, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. But they're under scrutin scrutiny for that. So of course they're going to be pulling some wings to get back into the like audience's favor. So I think uh, mutants and uh, I think they're going to be called mutants, for just the mutant show for a while until they become the X-Men. That's the path the MCU has been taking. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I have a feeling that they're going to call it the mutants, but who knows at this point, things could change. Um, yeah. I really don't care if they don't call them the X-Men. I don't give a flying fuck. I don't either. Honest. We all know what they are. Mutants. Yeah. Oh, like Raven said, don't forget Hank. Mutants or whatever. What does she say? Mutants and proud. Mutants and proud. Like uh, that yeah. drunk lady. Because because they they were both ashamed of being a mutant and showing their mutant abilities. Blah blah blah. And then she's like, I'm gonna go with Magneto because I can be who I am. <laughs> Charles being like, you should go with this murdering psychopath because that's where you belong. Because <laughs> that's where the first movie takes place. <laughs> oh fuck off. God, they should have they should have just re had this a reboot, but no, Brian Singer had to fix, you know, all the fuck ups and be like, No, I'm I'm the captain. He didn't now. even fix the fu- I don't even want to hear it. He didn't fix yeah. no fuck ups. No, he didn't, but he basically went back in the he timeline. He says he did, but he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do jack shit. He just went back in the timeline and gave us all blue balls and then completely fucked us over in X Men Apocalypse. Uh, I don't even want to talk about those right now. We got time. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. I need to pull up my letterbox. I didn't even rank this movie because I hate these movies so much. I actually don't <laughs> I actually don't mind this movie. I think the mass majority of people gave it like a seven out of eight. I'd give it a six uh five out of or five or a six, honestly. Like I feel like this movie only like is good because of Fast Bender and McAvoy, and the next yeah. movie I feel like it's good because of everybody. So like, personally, and they can't get away from the Wolverine problem, but right. Well, Hugh Jackman, you know, he's a beautiful man. Man, you know, fuck. I I can't. I just can't <laughs> wait to see who they're gonna cast as a Wolverine. Like I, said, I don't know. Like, I I've heard some rumors, but I don't. I don't know. I see a lot of people being like, uh, well, uh, like we should get Hugh Jackman back or Laura for Logan and shut up, shut up, shut up, people, shut up, shut up. So, yeah, right now uh, on my list, I have the Amazing Spider-Man 2, the Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, and X-Men First Class. That's where I have mine. All the way at the bottom. Oh, shit. I do not have a letterbox of this done. I should probably make one of those. It's okay. Uh, I have uh, I have yours. You too. have mine, right? Yeah. Oh, the great. Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man Two, Spider-Man Three, and Spider-Man Two. And you can alter these at any point if you're you're. I would. Listen, I was gonna do this as separate because the Spider-Man movies are a dear place in my heart. The X-Men movies are very low on that totem pole. Ah, uh, but if we're gonna do these all collectively. I'll make my own list again. Uh, I'd have to put X Men First Class probably bef- right after Amazing Spider Man Two. Ooh, spicy! I like it. I like it. Like I, I give this movie a solid seven and a half, eight on the scale out of ten because like there's a lot of things in this movie I like. There's a lot of things in this movie I don't care for. 
But overall, yeah. I had a good time rewatching this after not seeing it for like five years. So I watched it actually. Um, actually, no, no. The last time I watched this is when uh, my wife and I did a podcast and we stopped doing the podcast because we had to watch <laughs> X-Men movies. Um, <laughs> that tells you how we think about them. But no, I mean, I, I like the second half of the movie far better than the first half. And like, it does yeah. have some really good moments. And like, there are moments in here that I'm like, these are the best I've ever seen in any comic book movie, you know? But yeah. like, man, I wish it could keep that throughout the whole movie. But, you know, we're, we're about to watch a good X Men movie. Yeah. yeah, we're about to watch X Men Origins. Oh next fuck! Week. Never. Oh wait, we got a long way to go. Oh, never mind. Oh <laughs> god. Damn Did it. you thought we're watching oh. X Men Origins? We're doing this chronological style. Victor. Cuckoo, cuckoo, gonna... got screwed. We're gonna be seeing fucking Barakapool, baby. Did you just call me Blob? Blob. Fuck. <laughs> As much as I hate that movie, that's probably the most quotable line in the movie. Come at me. Oh, I hate this movie so much. I hate oh, that movie fuck, so dude. much. I'm going to have so the much fun movie. with it because it's so bad. I'm probably what? not going to even have notes for it. I'm just going to be like, what the fuck is happening here? Listen, I can watch bad movies and have fun. If I watch a good movie that like if, – if I watch a movie that's kind of bad but thinks it's good, and then I, I won't like it as much. Um, but you I know. can't wait to see our Twitter poll. <laughs> I saw this in theaters, folks. My my drunken dad was hitting on a chick in the first row. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What a shit movie! Oh, what a I don't piece like that of shit! Oh, everything about god. it is so bad. What about uh. the uh, the CGI calls? They're really good, right? <laughs> <laughs> you remind me of my better... son. Here's a jacket. <laughs> I, uh, this that, uh, we'll talk about it next week, baby. Adamantium bullets, baby. Oh shit. Okay. Uh. Yeah, that's all I have to say about this movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I got nothing. I ranked it. It's at the bottom for me, and uh, the it's next one. It's in the middle for me. Oh shit! Maybe maybe X Men Origins is above this one. Who knows? Oh god, no, <laughs> no, 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 probably not. Oh no, 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 no. I feel like all the X Men movies I know where they're gonna sit. That's the problem with the X Men movies is I don't like them that bad, or I hate them so much that I I like know where they're gonna be at. But I go in with an open mind, folks. Don't think I'm just doing this to hate it. Like Dark Phoenix surprised me. Okay, it was surprising. Uh, they're bad. Okay, <laughs> Dark Phoenix is awful. Yeah, but it's fucking fun. <laughs> it's um, not fun at all. Oh, it is. I'll talk. You know, what? we'll talk about it more when, I'm, when we get to that fucking. Hey, pile you of lay a head on her, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, <laughs> I laughed. It's a comedy. Shit. People don't realize this. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, Okay, but yeah, you can rank us on this on Spotify. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment. Follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore on underscore repeat. Um, we're on Apple Pod, Google Pod, Stitcher, Spotify, like I said. Leave us a review. Tell us we suck. I don't care. You can do whatever you want. We're on X-Men, okay? That's what we're doing because Doctor Strange 2. 
Yeah, that's why like, we're doing these if now. If you like masochism, then this is definitely the podcast for you. Um, <laughs> I gave Ty the option of either we do X Men now or we do X Men later, and he and he said, oh, "I don't want to do them at all." Yeah, like <laughs> I don't. I wanted to wait until right before the Multiverse of Madness, like when we covered that, because it would be seamless and we could get into some movies that are actually good. Um, and uh, that didn't work out, so it'll be a long. What is it? Fourteen. I leaks? took a I took a personal poll and I said. I asked my friends in a in a focus group. I said, "If you had the option, Doctor Strange two is coming out in May. Would you rather us talk about X Men now, or would you wait?" And he sh- they all unanimously said, "Do X Men now, get it over with." And I said, <sighs> "Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Get it over with. Why? How are we gonna get it over with when there's movies like The Eternals that exist?" <laughs> Taking shots, uh, taking shots. <laughs> Shit. There's gonna be listeners that be like, "Hey, I like that movie." I go, okay, well, I you're a masochist didn't mind too. Most of it. <laughs> uh, well, we'll we'll talk more about that when we get yeah, there. Yeah, okay? you like, you can you can follow Blaine at the Blaine ninety six, and then you sure can. You can follow me at follow Ty at Steelbook Daddy. That's right. For all Damn your right. Steelbook needs. We're also doing on 412, we're giving away a No Way Home code and a Logan code since none of you wanted to like actually do that. So we're going to be giving away two. And you can go to hashtag MCU repeat, find the post, and then you can comment your thoughts on the movie to be entered to win. Of course, the movie is now coming out early in March because somebody released an HD version. However, 4K HD version. Yeah. However, I'm waiting until my still book comes in. So if you. That's the only way we can get the code. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're going to be giving that away. And I I haven't decided yet if we want to do a physical giveaway. But I don't know if we'd limit it to the U.S. or not. Because that's region. I did a giveaway within the last year to somebody in Australia, and the shipping was ridiculous. So that's up to you. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, if, well, if we post something on Twitter, there it hasn't been solidified quite yet. So we'll figure it out. It's it's obviously going to be closer to when uh, No Way Home gets its its home release. Well, we'll we'll make a post whether we decide to do it. So it's it's still up in the air. Yep. And uh, like we said, next week we'll be doing X-Men Origins The Wolverine. So X-Men Origins Wolverine, that dumpster fire of a writer's strike. Yep, so make sure you buckle in, open your favorite podcast app, and don't forget to listen across the multiverse. I fucked that up. Nope. Listen don't, across don't. the multiverse because we didn't say that earlier. <laughs> listen across <laughs> the multiverse. That'll just be our closing <laughs> statement. There you go. Yeah, I like that. <laughs>